The following is a sermon from Pastor Timothy Borman and Sure Foundation, a church located in Woodside, Queens, New York, the world's most diverse community. For more information and for more audio content, go to sure-foundation.org. This morning, the sermon's going to spend a little bit of time in our gospel lesson, so that's on page 8. But then we're really going to just work through together these verses from Romans chapter 13. I'm going to read those to you now. They're on page 10 there, if you'd like to follow along. And do this understanding the present time. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber. Because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently as in the daytime. Not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality or and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ, and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. This is the word of the Lord. I'm always struck by how Jesus describes the days of Noah. He did that in our gospel lesson this morning. I'm struck by it because Moses describes it in a different way in Genesis. In a very striking, almost depressing way, Moses says about the days of Noah that there was so much wickedness on the earth that Every inclination of the thoughts of the heart was only evil all the time. That's Genesis chapter 6. Even before, it's always so striking to me, even before there's a thought in the mind, Moses says, even the inclination of the thoughts of the heart are only evil all the time. That's how Moses described the days of Noah. Jesus doesn't describe the days of Noah that way. Jesus says this, In the days of Noah, people were eating and drinking. They were marrying and giving in marriage. Now, Jesus and and Moses are are not describing the same days, but they have a different emphasis, right? And you would almost expect Jesus to say people, people were partying and getting drunk. People were doing drugs and they were fornicating and adulterating in the days of Noah. But that's not what Jesus says. He says people were eating and drinking. They were marrying and giving in marriage. There's nothing wrong with that in a sense. In fact, getting married is a good thing. It's always striking to me how Jesus describes the days of Noah. Because for Jesus, the biggest sin 
was the fact that they didn't understand. They didn't understand the times that they were living in. They didn't understand the moment. When Jesus describes people eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, I I identify most with the guy who's giving his daughter in marriage. And maybe it's for obvious reasons. Maybe because I'm pushing 40 now, and I have three daughters, that I think I'm the guy that's giving his daughter in marriage. And, And I think about that guy, because Jesus says, up until the day that it started raining, they're giving in marriage. I think about that guy who's, who's about to walk his daughter down the aisle and everything is ready for this beautiful day. Everything is beautiful. They're about to, to enjoy this incredible moment. But there was one thing that they didn't get ready. They hadn't built a boat. They had misunderstood the times. They thought it was wedding season. But it wasn't. It was boat building season. Their unbelief, their refusal to hear the word about God's judgment, His coming judgment on the sin of the world, caused them to misunderstand the times. And that's Jesus' big point. And it's Paul's big point for today too. We we could say that this is the big theme for this lesson from Romans chapter 13. Look at how Paul starts it. He says, do this understanding the present time. I've got stories about people who have literally messed up badly because they didn't understand the times. And it's not just the guy who's giving his daughter away in marriage when, it was, when the rain started at the flood. Sometimes I think of trivial stories like maybe you have the new subscription to Disney Plus now. I think of Cinderella. Cinderella didn't understand the times. I mean, she's dancing with the prince until you remember what time? Midnight. But she had forgotten that the enchantment wore off at midnight. And what happened? Her chariot turned into a pumpkin. She didn't make it home in time. I think of stories about like J.R. Smith. You know who J.R. Smith is? He's, this, he's actually an NBA player. <laughs> in 2018, it's, it's the NBA Finals, and he's playing with LeBron against the Golden State Warriors. And this amazing thing happens. J.R. Smith forgot that his team was losing and there was only a few seconds left on the clock. So you know what he did? He dribbles out the clock. And they lose the game. He didn't understand the time. I've got stories. I got, I got stories who didn't understand the times and so they messed up badly. The Apostle Paul is saying, understand the times that you are in. In fact, he's like jumping up and down. He's like this coach who's saying, time is running out, people. 
He is pushing on this point. He's animating this point. He's urging this point on us in so many different ways. Look at what he says. He says, the hour has already come. Not the decade. We're moving into a new decade. Not the year. Not the month. Not the week. The hour has already come. He says this. He says, the day, the night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So he's, he's wanting us to picture this moment in time. And I looked it up for you all this, this morning. At what time the sun came up? It was actually, do you know what time? December 1st. This is, this is actually really weird. 7 a.m. So I was outside at, at 6.59 a.m., and it was a beautiful morning. I don't know if you were up. It was a beautiful morning. And these rays of the sun started pushing over the side of the earth, and, and it became rose pink, I guess, because it's going to rain. Later. The Apostle Paul is saying, understand the times. That in terms of salvation history, we are living at 6.59 a.m., And the sun is about to come up. The night is almost over. The day is almost here. It's a point in time. Now, the great apostle Paul wants to be super clear about this. And I want to teach you about this. That the moment that the Messiah was born, that, that, that the world had waited for for so long, the moment that God took on flesh, we stepped into a new era. It was an ending. It was, you could say, the ending of sin. And Jesus proclaimed it from his cross. He said, it is finished. It was the end of death. It was also a new beginning. The beginning of people rising from the dead. The first fruits of a brand new age. So you could say that Jesus Death and Jesus' resurrection marks what we can call the beginning of the end. So where are we now? Read the clock of salvation history, if you will. What time is it? It's no longer the beginning of the end, is it? Is it the middle of the end? Is it the end of the end? We can say this with certainty. It is nearer now than when you first believed. We can say this, that the hour has come. We can say this, that the bright rays of salvation in Jesus Christ have already started to break Over the horizon, it is 6.59 a.m. You need to understand the time. Now, there's going to be, the Apostle Paul says, a lot of impacts about, about what it means to live in this moment in time. But one of them is certainly this, and it's going to impact your behavior. The Apostle Paul says this, Let us behave decently as in the daytime, 
Not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. It's not an exhaustive list of all the bad things, all the wickedness that you can do. (laughs) In fact, you might want to think of this list as like a chronological list. Because think about it. People go out and drink and they think, wow, I'm, I'm a funnier person. I'm a, you know, I'm better around people when I drink. But then what happens? You start making poor decisions. And maybe one of the poor decisions that you'll make when you're drinking and carousing is that you'll decide to go and sleep with someone that you're not married to. Right? This is, this is what we call debauchery. And, and you wake up next to someone and you think, well, what did I do? So then what has happened? Well, the Apostle Paul says dissension, right? That's what it says. Dissension and jealousy. Because although the people of this world say sex is free and we can, we can sleep around with whoever we want, the people of this world also want faithfulness, don't they? So what happens when you sleep with someone that, that there was somebody else? Dissension, right? Jealousy, rivalry. Makes sense. This, this, is a, this is not an exhaustive list. It's a chronicle, chronological list that what can happen when you're living in the darkness, the Apostle Paul says. He says he's saying, throw all of that off. Whatever it is, name it and throw all of it off. And instead he says this, Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify or make provision for the desires of the flesh. So we were studying this in a Bible study group together and somebody asked, well, how do we do that? Because we want to do that. I know we do. We want to, to throw off the sinful nature, to drown it, and put on Jesus Christ. But you know what? We all know that this is the hardest thing in the world. How do we do that? How do we put on Jesus Christ? My daughters and I, we have been reading through a series of books called The Chronicles of Narnia. Have you heard of these books? If you have young children, or if you're a teacher, these are incredible books. They're written by C.S. Lewis. He's a very famous Christian author. And they are fantasy books that really teach the Christian faith in a very deep way. And recently, we started reading one of the stories about Eustace. Now, let me tell you something about Eustace. Eustace is an awful little kid. He's a disobedient little kid, and he's mean to all the other kids. So, there comes this point in time in the story where Eustace turns into a dragon. In other words, he looks exactly like he acts now. In all of his dragonness. He's just an awful, disobedient little kid. And, and he finally comes to this realization that he is an awful little kid. 
and that his behavior is very like dragony, and he wants to throw it off. So he comes into the presence of Aslan, who's like Jesus. Aslan is this this lion, and, and we love Aslan in our house. And Aslan says, try to take it off, the dragoness. So, so Eustace takes his claws, and he, he rips off this, like, and peels off this, like, skin of dragoness, and, he, and he's thinking to himself, I've done it. I'm going to step out of my dragon skin, and now I'll be a little boy again. But when he looked down again, he was still a dragon. So he tried it again. He took his claws, and he went, rip, 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 rip. He comes out of that skin, and he's still a dragon. A shinier dragon. You could say a more holy dragon, but he's still a dragon. He, he does this over and over again. He's tr- trying to leave this skin behind. It's like he's, he's like this snake who's constantly shedding, but he's still a snake. And then finally, Aslan says to him, you're not cutting deep enough. Let me do it. And Aslan takes out his claw and he rips so deep that Eustace thinks he's going to die. He said he'd never experienced such pain in his life. And the dragonness fell off of him, and he stepped out a little boy. If you think that you can take out your claw and try to, you know, claw off of yourself your sinful nature and, and put your dragonness behind you, you won't be able to do it. You see that? The very best that you can hope for is that you'll leave behind the old dragon, and become a newer, shinier, more holier dragon. Or if you try to shed your, your, your skin like a snake, the best you can do is become like, like this, this shinier, more brand new version of a snake. You need for Jesus to just cover you. And to make you something that's absolutely brand new. You see what the Apostle Paul is saying? He says, put on Jesus Christ. That means to, to stop trying to claw yourself out of it and just cover yourself with His own righteousness. It means to, to be bathed in the waters of baptism. Say, Jesus You are covering me. I am your child. And when you come to that point, you will not only be covered by Jesus Christ, but you will say, I don't want to feed the dragon anymore. I know that the dragon's still alive. I know that the dragon's hungry, but I don't want to feed it anymore. You won't make provision for the sinful nature anymore. And you'll do this understanding times. 
the times of salvation history. Now, just look around for just a second. I, lo- I love this time of year. I love this time of year. Look, we got the Christmas tree up. We got purple everywhere. The candles are lighting. We're trying to do everything that we can to remind ourselves of the times. What time is it? It's Advent. What does Advent mean? It means Jesus is coming again soon. That's his promise. Understanding that. Understanding the battle that we are in, the Apostle Paul says. This is a really cool thing. Uh, triple mixing of metaphors, if you will. And I think he does that on purpose so that we'll, this is a, a huge point. Put on the armor of the light. Amen. Amen.